for coming on to the show. Yeah. What time is it starting? Is it on now? Yes. I, I turned on record, so. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I uh, am so happy to have you on the show. I interviewed um, Sarah Cole back in September. Okay. It, and I've been using the Michelle Thomas method for over five years now. And, yeah. and so I said, I really want to interview the people who create the courses because, you know, I mean, we hear about Michelle Thomas from people, but they don't, they've never like had someone break it down as to how they went about creating the course and, you know, what, you know, from, the idea to you know the final product and right. you know what their experience was either working with Michelle Thomas or trying to start the another course after the initial courses he had done prior to his passing and yeah. I said I I really found um you know the Japanese course to be interesting and I said oh. wait a minute she probably has done a couple more of the courses because I remember your voice from yeah. like the Dutch course, and did I think the Arabic one? Well, my experience is first of all writing and producing the French, uh, sorry, the Japanese course. So that's mm-hmm. the one that that you you're familiar yeah. with, right? Uh, and um, and then the courses that you just referred to, the Arabic, for example, I edited that. So my voice yeah. isn't the Arabic or or the Dutch, but oh. I'm the editor. So what happens is the authors write and produce the course, and then, of course, there's an awful lot of work after the course has been recorded in order to make it uh, ready for publishing. So that's that's my two roles, if you like. First of all, writing the Japanese course and producing it, and then more recently, in the last five years, I've been editing the, the new courses, such as the Arabic, the Korean, the Swedish, the Norwegian, um the Irish has just come out as well. So those are the courses I've been directly involved with uh, as an editor. Um, how did you come about, like, um, being introduced to Michelle Thomas? Right. You know? I mean, originally, originally, because I was a Japanese teacher for many, many years, I lived in Japan. And then when I moved back to the United Kingdom, which is where I come from, I was a, a Japanese language teacher, mainly in secondary schools. Um, but I used to give a lot of talks because it was quite a new thing in the UK then. This is back in the 1990s. And I was approached by a publisher from Hodder and Stoughton and asked if I'd be interested in writing the new edition of the Teach Yourself Japanese. So I produced that and a few others in that in that um, mode, the Teach Yourself um, series. Um, and as a result of that, Hodger and Stoughton had been working with Michelle Thomas directly um, and had recorded, as you say, all his original courses, French, Italian, German, Spanish. Um, and he had agreed that other teachers could go on and write courses using the same method. So I was then approached to see if I would be interested in producing the Japanese course. So that's how it came about. Um, and that's I, ha- I was already familiar with the Michelle Thomas method because I'd used it for learning French. And I really, really liked it because it really works. Um, yes, it does. Yes, it does. So once they'd asked me to 
produce the Japanese, I then had a go at the German course, which apparently is, is one of his stronger courses. It was a language he was really, really, um, I don't know what the word is, but secure with. I mean, he was secure with lots of languages. But So I tried the German just because I wanted to do a language I'd never done before. So I've worked through his French and German courses. Um, I mean, they're brilliant. They they, they just work. And then, then I had to produce a plan of how I was going to teach the Japanese. And actually, it took quite a long time to get approval. There was a, a committee of people who read through my proposal, who then asked me to record it with students, which I did. And then when I sent that in, they then said, well, yes, some of this is the Michelle Thomas method, but actually, you, you need to think about this and this. We'd like you to have another go at it. So they are quite, you know, strict about the teachers that they take on to do the courses because what's really important is that the method is kept pure and that people keep on using it because if you move away from the method then it doesn't work the same because it works with the brain there's a there's a kind of change in the brain when you learn a language this way when you don't have that um or what you call it that kind of pressure to do homework or to memorize you know um so so it took me a while and then as i say i produced the japanese course which um which you've used yeah yeah and i yeah, also and I reviewed, reviewed it for, for my podcast, podcast show. oh really and, and a lot and of people, people enjoyed it. it oh good i'm really pleased to hear that i mean i really enjoyed producing it and what it changed for me was how i was as a teacher so when I got back into the classroom, back with my students, you know, my teenagers, I started incorporating the method into my own teaching. And the kids really liked it. Um, it's hard to get, you know, the Michelle Thomas method. One of the things is you're supposed to be relaxed. You're supposed to sit back and enjoy the experience because it's feeling tense, which can sometimes stop you from learning. So That's trying great. to make a normal classroom a relaxed environment is quite a challenge actually they're not built as relaxed places are they normally um but nevertheless i i you know it did change the way i was as a teacher as well you know you know you say that because i know for me personally just as an individual learner myself i mean i've used michelle thomas for russian yeah, I've used it for Japanese. I'm still doing the Egyptian Arabic, even though right now I'm I'm doing Levantine Arabic. Yeah, um, um, because we have a lot of Lebanese people in in uh, where I live at in right. Ohio. So yeah. I'm I'm using actually Mango in order to do Levantine Arabic, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, they already have. You know, um, Egyptian. I wonder if they're going to just go for it eventually and do Levantine and Moroccan and, you know, Iraqi just to complete the circle. Well, did you know they brought, well, I was the editor for this one about two years ago. We brought out the modern standard Arabic, which is actually in fact not really a spoken arabic it is the the written arabic but we brought it out as a michelle thomas course and that is a brilliant course it's the same teachers that did the egyptian Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And in fact, it is, you know, obviously there's many, many similarities between the two, as there is across all the Arabic um, dialects or whatever you want to call them. But, yeah, so they brought out the modern standard to have the kind of foundation that people can build on, um, you know, because that's just kind of pure Arabic, if you like. Uh, And that that is a great course. And those teachers really, really know the method. They have been working with themselves on this method for many years and they absolutely got it spot on you know very very good courses um yeah so perhaps you might want to try the modern standard arabic next yes i you know it's funny too because my i guess my whole method for me personally is to be able to speak speak the whatever dialect it is that i'm I'm going for and then go to the modern standard because of the fact that i like to do a lot of reading um and me being visually impaired i do a lot of listening to audio material and so if you're watching like france 24 in arabic that's in modern standard is not in any of the different dialects so you got to know that yes yeah that's right that's absolutely right and i mean the thing is like you've pointed out before and i've listened to quite a few of your podcasts that the michelle thomas works brilliantly for visually impaired people because it is all about audio listening repeating or speaking producing not repeating it's not repeating mm. at all um but you know producing the the prompt so it's perfect because there's no expectation at all to have to read right and i because i have a background in theater and in film yeah um, what i studied in college and when i do the french course or i do the Italian course, everyone's like, you have such a great accent. Right. And and I think that was the one complaint that people had with Michelle Thomas was that his accent, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't French or it wasn't Italian. And no. I said, well, you're not going to get that. I mean, you kind of have to throw yourself into that space when you're, you're trying to hear, you know, the pronunciation yeah. of words. And a lot of that is, because I studied voice and I studied acting, I kind of know how to put myself in that mode of where when I'm speaking, my brain is in that, that language. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, um, I mean, I've had compliments from people from France saying, wow, your French is very good. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, thank you. You know, but a lot of it's just me listening to like right, yeah. four for three hours. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. So the thing with the Michelle Thomas, the original Michelle Thomas courses, it's right. not trying to be everything because it cannot be everything. So it's not right. trying to teach native speaker um, level, for example, what it's doing. And there was this, I'm sure you've heard this quote before, that Michelle Thomas used to say that his method is like an architect designing a house. So he is providing the structure of the house and then right. the learner then later on provides or over time provides the furniture and the fittings which is the vocabulary so it's not vocabulary which is always a problem for people learning languages when there's an awful lot of vocabulary to learn it gets in the way of really understanding the language and it's absolutely true especially now that you can get vocabulary so quickly when you need it but what you definitely definitely need first is that structure so he wasn't trying to be all things to all people what he was doing his main main purpose was to give people a structure from which or a foundation if you like from which they could grow 
which includes the whole thing about accents as well. Because, of course, there are actually his Spanish. Um, which Spanish do you go for? Do you go for mainland Spain? Do you go for Latin American Spanish? It's, you know, there's, there's, and there's many, many different accents. I mean, when we were doing the Japanese, um, there's, although there's not as many accents in, in Japanese as there are in other languages, there is still a West Japanese and an East Japanese, and there's different words as well. So we have to try and keep it to standard um, with the acknowledgement that if people go and live in one part of Japan to another part, they will develop a different accent. Obviously, I mean, we all know that, don't we? Um, But the other thing I was going to say is, the reason then that when we went on to produce new courses after Michelle Thomas had died and we were producing new languages, the reason that, that because a lot of people had said, well, it would be nice to actually hear a native speaker. So for all those courses where the author isn't also a native speaker, we've introduced this idea of the native speaker too. So, for example, in Japanese, I give a in English and I explain how it all works. Then the student says their piece and then a Japanese native speaker gives the correct prompt. So that's added added a layer, really, to what the method already was. It's added that extra bit of the native speaker. Um, So so you do get you do get practice of of a real accent as well. But the thing about Michelle Thomas himself was he was just. So he had taught that method for years. He developed, he'd invented that method. Right. When they got him into the studios in London to produce his four courses, they said this this guy, I mean, he was nearly 90 then. He just talked. He just knew his method so well. He moved and adjusted to the students. But they said, the recording people have said, they just pressed record and then just let him get on with it. There was no... Um, what do you call it? There was no, oh, stop there. I just want to re-record that. It, it just went in one take from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. And sometimes when the, the recording team could see that the students were getting tired, they'd actually have to interrupt and say, oh, Michelle, actually, we do need to stop. They need a break. He would have gone on all day teaching because it was just what he did. So those recordings, those particular four recordings, you know, French, right, right. German, Spanish, Italian, are a little piece of gold, if you like. They are something very special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because I studied Spanish in college, and my most of my teachers were from Mexico. Yeah. And, and um, I, you know, I had your normal textbook, your CDs that came with it, and I had tutors. And I would spend about 12 and a half hours a week on Spanish. Now, I mean, a lot of it was because a lot of it was print material. I didn't have Braille at my disposal. I just had people reading to me. And I just, I absorbed the whole entire language and the grammar. And people were like, the grammar is hard. And I'm wow. like, not, not necessarily. No. Um, um, you know, so, I mean, my when I got a hold of his courses on uh, Amazon, the first thing I did was get his, his French course and I got his uh, Italian course because those were like the two languages that I wanted to always learn since I was 13 along with Russian. Yeah. And I found the Russian on YouTube okay. and, and and I just it absorbed all of it. Yeah. And I was like, I have to interview this lady one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I spent like. I don't know, two, like 5,544 hours. Wow. With Russian. And I would go back 
to Michelle Thomas, all three of the courses, and I would go and just re-listen to make sure I had it all in my head yeah. the right way. And then I would go to the problem areas that I was having problems with, whether it was the vocabulary builder side or it was the advanced side. Yeah. And, I mean, I supplemented it, and I always tell people this, you have to supplement with yeah. other stuff because yeah. it's only going to give you so much information. Exactly. You know, I mean, but you can always go back if you forget something and, yeah. and revisit it, which That's is a good, nice. good thing. That, funnily enough, because I've moved from England to France five or six years ago, and I had done French at school, but, you know, it, it, I hadn't used it very much. Um, so I've used the Michelle Thomas method, and my, his two courses. And the advanced course, I go back to it again and again, because his explanation of how verbs work is absolutely brilliant. It is just so good, you know, and I, I don't know if you recall, he, he talks about diving boards, and he has lots of really great visual right, images, right. you know, images to, to, to grasp the language, the, the rules that he comes up with uh, are just perfect, you know, and it's I, as you say, I just love to revisit it because it just gives me another boost. Um, you know, by itself, I mean, it wouldn't give you everything, that's for sure. But nothing does, does it, by itself? You know, and it's funny, too, because, like, um, my first introduction to Russian, I actually used Russian Made Easy um, 30 Lesson Podcast yeah. by Mark Thompson and that was like the first free thing because I was used to the old academic way of doing things. Yeah. And I said, well, wait a minute. Here's this internet. Here's the technology. Let me see if there's something for free I can use. Yeah. And, I, and I, I did that. And I went through the course in like a week and a half, and I loved it. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, I picked this up real quick. Then I was like, wait, let's see if Michelle Thomas has something. And yeah. then I realized that there was more courses out there that had been developed other yeah. than the first four, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is so, and of course, but at the time, this was five years ago, it was still quite expensive to purchase, uh -huh. so I, I lived at my library, and, um, you know, I, I pretty much just, I, I probably dabbled in every course that there was, just to see if I liked it, Yeah. you know, I did the Greek, I tried, um, which the Greek was okay, but it was almost like, a, am I going to speak Greek? No. Okay. You know, yeah. so, so yeah. for me, for, for me, it was like, oh, well, I love the French and I, the French stuck and the Italian stuck and the Dutch stuck yeah. and the Japanese stuck. And, Good. and, Good. and I just, I tell my, my students all the time, I was like, if you want this, you know, this is what you got to do. You can go to your library. It's on the internet. You know, yeah. you go to YouTube, you can, trust me, there are people that upload, and yeah. and you can listen to it for free, or, you know, I right now, I'm because I'm, I'm partnering with um, the Michelle Thomas Method out of Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm doing um, marketing and, and advertising for them, and I'm also doing a promotion to get people to help them learn Polish, because oh, the wow. Polish lot the Polyglot Gathering is going to be in Poland this year. And right. so I'm doing that. And um, in the process, I'm also interviewing people from the company 
because I feel that, you know, people talk about this method, but you don't get to hear from the people that actually created the courses. No, no. The other thing, you're bringing up about the, the price of the courses, the thing is, they are incredibly complicated to produce because right. we, we record them over four days. We get two students who have never learnt the language before. They genuinely don't know Korean or Japanese or whatever. They come to the studio and the teacher or teachers, if there's a native speaker as well, basically take them from the beginning and teach them over four days. They're absolutely exhausted after those four days and their heads are spinning. But the point is that it proves the method works because the method is being used to produce the course, obviously. But it it really isn't. There's no scripting at all. It is done... The, the teachers produce prompts and then off they go. And then if the students get into trouble, the teachers change direction a bit. It's really, really organic the way it works. At the end of those four days, and before those four days, I ought to say, there's been lots and lots. There's been all the things that I was saying before. The teachers have practiced their course with their own students who don't know the language and have sent recordings to me and I've gone through them. I've made suggestions for how they can improve or how they can add more to make it pure method. They've sent me all the written prompts. Then we record it for four days. After those four days, I take it away. This is my job, but it could be. um, And it takes months, seriously, months to edit because I've got to listen to hours and hours and hours and make decisions about what to keep and what not to keep there's lots of you know when the students get tired or when the teacher says oh hang on a minute I want to do that a different way so it's not like when Michelle Thomas when they just press the record button and recorded for four days it just doesn't work like that it all has right, to, right. and it has to be made into eight to ten hours worth of um cd or equivalent audio so it seems expensive but the work that goes behind it makes right, it right. really you know a spot-on course i mean it's like they say there's no such thing as a free lunch at the end of the day is there because if right, you right. have something that's free it won't have had that amount of work behind it right because um, i i noticed i had told i had i specifically told sarah i said let me know when they yeah. come out with the Irish course and the okay. Korean course, because I want to review it for my show. Right. Well, get in touch with us, all right? I will I will make sure that you, you get the chance to review those. The Irish has only just come out this, well, the end of last year. Um, the Korean is just ready. I mean, it's in the next couple of months it's going to be coming out. I've just yeah. completed yeah. it almost. It's been sent off for the final um, edit. There's about three different edits once it's being produced because the authors need to check through it as well. Right. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, so the Korean soon. But just drop us a line and I will make sure that uh, we, we, we are in touch with the person because we love people to review courses. I mean, because honestly, to tell you the truth, I, I give it, I kind of give it a different spin just because I am an auditory learner only yeah. and I'm not a visual one. And so it's like, okay, I, you know, I can understand why. I mean, I can go into depth, and I, and with me, it's like, oh, well, I understand why the teacher said this, and I understand why this student is probably better at it than the other student, you know, because evidently yeah. you're, and I've done like mini drills myself just to challenge my own brain, yeah. and I took the Japanese foundation course that I have on CD, 
And I took it, and I went through the whole course in seven hours. Wow, that's pretty good going. <laughs> in three and a half hours, I did the first three CDs. Yeah. Three and a half. And then I took a break for an hour, and then I went back to it and finished the rest of it. And then I went and I said, okay, let me see how much of this I can produce yeah. on, on video. So I went and threw up a live video with one of my friends' groups before I left the group. And it got over 500 views. Wow. And people, and people were, like, were like, what the heck? How did you? I was <laughs> like, well, a lot of it's, a lot of it's motivation. Yeah. You know, on, on my part, we do have a lot of Japanese here in Akron. And yeah. I said, my goal is simple. I don't want to become a native speaker of Japanese. I want to be able to order food in Japanese. I want to be able to have a simple conversation in Japanese. Yeah. Nothing like I want to read, you know, manga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the thing is, people of whatever nationality absolutely love it when you make that effort to speak to them in their language. You know, even if it's just a little bit here and there, they really right. appreciate it, don't they? You know, I, I mean, when I lived in Japan and Japanese people just love it when you can speak Japanese because they don't expect, unlike all of us English speakers, we have this expectation that everyone can speak English. Whether that's right or wrong is a different thing, but we have that expectation. But right, when I was right. in Japan, oh, if you speak a little bit of Japanese, suddenly you've got a whole new insight into somebody's life or or you've just really made them feel reassured, you know? So you get yeah, a little right. bit closer into being accepted. Um, so, and then it's, it's so wonderful to be able to speak to people in their language as well, isn't it? Even if it's, you know, a little bit, it's it's a, it's a, a great feeling to be able to do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I um, finally was able to get Harry Potter from Audible in Japanese. Hey, great. And, and like, I had tried the Pimsleur Hindi part two. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like, I... For some reason, it wouldn't stick in my head. So right. I left, I traded it out, and I went and I got the Japanese books that they had, four yeah. through seven, and then I canceled the subscription after that. Right, okay. But but what was so cool about it was everybody's like, the Japanese is so expensive. I'm like, honey, I love listening to stuff in Japanese. Like, I watched Terrace House on Netflix and... You know, I love Japanese cinema. I've always, because I studied film, so I love cinema aspect of it. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I mean, it's it, to me when you start able to speak, I kind of like from a cultural standpoint, I like to infuse the food aspect, learn how to cook certain Japanese dishes, yeah. and and I pretty much do this with every language that I'm. That's great. But, you know. A barking upon because I kind of feel like, yes, I want to be able to speak the language, but I want to be able to understand where that person's coming from. And if I can make a meal and I can have my friends over and yeah. we can have conversation and eat, that that means something. And when, you know, I start off with Michelle Thomas, you know, course, I'll use it until I can't absorb anymore. And then I'll go on to something like mango. And I'll actually compare the two to see what bits of information are different or what's the same. Yeah. 
And then, um, like, I went and I did their Hindi course in six days. And it was only the basic Hindi. It was, like, ten chapters. But I did it. I mean, I was so invested in it. I did, like, three chapters in, like, one day. Yeah. So, so, not to say I remember everything. But, and then I went and I got the Michelle Thomas, because I I reviewed the Hindi course last year. and And I said... Oh, I remember this from this. And I, and then there were certain things that weren't in the Mango course that was in the Michelle Thomas course. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, this is so yeah. awesome. You know, yeah. so I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, I find things that I can connect with when it comes down to a particular course. So if it's one foundation course, I will go over that course as much as possible to, to get as much as I can out of the out of the information that I'm given, and yeah. then I'll utilize it. And then on top of that, I might forget some things, but I'm not going to forget every single thing. I'm going to remember something from using it. Yeah. And, and Yeah. I, I was just going to say, what you're describing is exactly what the – what Michelle Thomas was all about, you know, what what he believed in his his philosophy was first and foremost, he was providing the foundation. And from that point, you've got a kind of diving board. You can leap off and try all sorts of different things like you're describing. You like Japanese food or you want to find out more about the cinema or more about the traditional arts. You can go in all sorts of directions. But the course gives you that foundation. So although it does seem expensive, and, you know, we really try to keep it as 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 well-priced as we can, given the work that goes behind it. But what we do know is it's a good, it's a very, very good product. It works. I mean, what you're saying now, you, you did the Japanese in seven and a half hours. That's amazing. But you can do it over weeks and months if you want to. It's there right. for you to, you know, dabble into it as as you wish. And the other thing you mentioned, which is interesting about remembering and forgetting um, Michelle Thomas, one of his mantras was that you don't try to remember. The teacher's right. role is to furnish you with what you need in order right. to be able to use those sentences. It's not about memorization. Once right. you know it, you'll never forget it. That's right. a real mantra. Um, not right. Of course, you know, when you're trying lots of different languages or, or you do the Japanese and then a year later you, you need to go back to it. You have to refresh, don't you? Um, right. But but when you've really got it, you've really got it. Um, right. And, and that was just like with the Russian because that was the first real course I yeah. was really serious with. And I haven't forgotten an ounce of it. And, yeah. and I, mean, I mean, it, it, it I spent a whole year of doing nothing but listening for 18 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Not just of that course, but. Uh, Russian TV and podcasts and all that and news and and when I started when I realized that I could have a conversation for three hours with my ex boyfriend's mother who was wow. Russian and she spoke yeah. no, no English. Wow, that's brilliant, isn't it? That is so, that told me I was I was proficient in the language. <laughs> uh, you get well. Do you know something? We recorded when we recorded the Korean. There was um, two teachers working together, one a native speaker, but and 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 then uh, an American was working with her. 
And at the end, they said to the two students, they said, it's amazing. It's amazing how this method works. She said, we've, we've taught you over four days. What they, they were both university, they both teach at Oxford University, actually. They teach Korean at Oxford University. They said, what we've taught you in four days, we teach in the first year of the university course. So they just got the equivalent of the first year of a university course. Now, that's amazing. Now, this right, is speaking. Right. Obviously, the university course would also include the reading, and when they weren't doing any reading, but nevertheless, it, that is what they'd managed to achieve using the method, was that level of, of um, grammar right, and, right. Um, and, and competence in speaking. So, yeah, yeah. and I have to say, because I've been editing the Korean for several months now, and now it's finished, so much has stuck in my head. I feel... I feel I need to go to Korea now and just practice using it. I, I actually took a stab at Korean last summer just for my own personal reasons. Yeah. And because I I had learned basic Cantonese, like A1 Cantonese in like six weeks. Oh, yeah. And, and my whole goal was I wanted to order some food, give my name, address, telephone number in Korean. Yeah. And I, I achieved that. And the person was speaking Mandarin on the phone. And she was like, "You need to keep going. Your your yeah. your um, Cantonese is really good." And then I ordered some food in Thai last year, some food in Arabic last year. I mean, I've already ordered food in Spanish, so that wasn't a problem. But to me, it was just I went yeah. on this crusade of I want to order food in all these different languages and have yeah. a conversation with these different languages. And they, people were just amazed. I would just go up in there, and I wouldn't even be speaking English. I would just go up in there and I would just start speaking in the language. That is brilliant. Isn't and it? they are like, wow. You know, I mean, people on Facebook still want to know how do I learn languages simultaneously. And I said, I, now I do a little bit, a little bit each day. I don't stress myself out about it. Um, yeah. But I tell my listeners, you know, look, you don't need to stress yourself out, you know, there are ways you can you can learn, you know. Um, I mean, there are people that like Michelle Thomas and swear by it like me. And then there are people that like Pimsleur or whatever other like, uh, course they like. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've, tried, I've tried Pimsleur. It's, yeah. it's an interesting course, but for me personally, it kind of dragged on too long. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing <laughs> The Michelle Thomas is like you said before, it's all audio. You can just listen to it when you want to. You can, you know, it's, it's right. so flexible like that, isn't it? But what a great feeling to be able to order food in different languages. It's just, that's what it's all about, isn't it, really? Being able to go out and use the language. That's that's that buzz that you get when you do it, isn't it? I wish people would understand, though, that they, they're trying to reach this idea of a native speaker. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be realistic with you. I'm from the U.S. I'm African American. I'm a native speaker of English. That's my first language. However, I don't know every single word in the English language. Um, you know, there are certain subjects I'm not the greatest at, so I don't know every medical terminology word or biology word or, you know, whatever the vocabulary may be for whatever subject matter. Yeah. I, I know what I know, but yeah. But they they seem to think when they're learning these languages that they need to be native or they, yeah. they use the A1 to C2 
Yeah. And, and I was like, that's not what language is about. It's about communicating. People don't care if you mess up. I'm not no. looking on the phone to see what word I forgot. I mean, people care about what it is you need from them at that moment. They don't Absolutely. care about the grammar and how. And I just think that a lot of it is in people's heads. Yes, I, would I say. absolutely agree. Absolutely. It's a block, isn't it, in fact? In fact, we, um, I do French lessons because we're living in France and want to get better at French. And mm-hmm. one of the other students in the class won't speak. She just won't speak. And yet she has a much better grammar base than, than a lot of us have got. She's really, really competent. But she's so frightened of making mistakes that she prefers not to take the risk. And if you can't take a risk in a language then you're just not going to move on. You've got to be prepared to kind of make a fool of yourself, maybe make mistakes. Right. People may or may not correct you. Most times they'll understand you. And it's the people that just go out there and just speak, you know, they just speak. And if they make a few mistakes, well, perhaps next time they'll correct themselves. But that's what it's all about. You've got to, you've got to be brave enough and not have that block. Um, Which again, going back to the Michelle Thomas method, because I'm such a, such a big fan of it the thing about that method is that it's about relaxing taking a little moment to think before you speak and then letting it all sort of flow you know so it's trying to get people not to have that block um or that fear it's a fear sometimes isn't it a fear of making a fool of yourself uh particularly for adults i think you know it's funny because i'm about to be 43 years old and uh, Uh my best friend asked me how many languages do you speak? And I was like, okay, let me tell you what I speak confidently. Uh, well, I mean, my second language was American Sign Language when I was a child because I was yeah. around a lot of deaf people. So uh-huh. I learned it very quickly. But I don't remember a lot of it because, you know, I mean, when you're, you know, I remember a handful of signs. I can have a basic conversation. That's about it these days. Yeah. But that was the second language I ever learned aside from English. But I did have some Spanish influence because my godmother was Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. So I did have some Spanish, but not enough to really have a conversation until I got to college. Right. And even then, in the academic setting, it's totally different because you're learning for the test. You're not really speaking. Um, you're learning more grammar, more verb conjugations, so forth and so on. And no one's speaking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, the most I got out of it was um, year three where I was uh, forced to get up in front of a classroom full of people and give a presentation in Spanish. But uh-huh. that's because the, the, the woman that I had as my professor was part German, part American, part Mexican. So right. she spoke English, German, and Spanish fluently, and she could tell my language skills were very good i just needed to speak and so i she would force me and my friend which were the only two people that were visually impaired in the class to speak because everybody else they were about the grammar or they Uh were about the vocabulary you fell into one two categories you either knew a lot of vocabulary and no grammar or you knew some vocabulary and a lot of grammar and i was the some but i was able to correct them when they were making the wrong you know, word yeah. ending choices, so forth and so on. So for me, I was able to interpret what they were, you know, saying and, and you know, just because I was exposed all the time. Right. 
yeah, yeah. music and other things. And so they, yeah. um, I had that, but I mostly did not be, I was not in a Spanish speaking environment until like 2008, where I spent okay. 10 months with a Mexican family. And that's when it kicked into overdrive. Like my comprehension of the language was very high because uh-huh. they spoke Spanish to themselves. But yeah. I, they spoke English with me. But by the time I left, I understood everything they said. So they couldn't, they could not sit there and say anything without me knowing about it. All right. So let's be careful. <laughs> so, so, I, you know, I, I, but my, my language of choice really was I always wanted to do French and Russian and Italian. And when right. I found Michelle Thomas, I was like in heaven. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Oh, no, so. Yeah, yeah, go on. Sorry. I, I, and then when I decided I wanted to do languages of the East because of the fact that my mother introduced me to African culture and Asian culture from a very young age, and we're not even Asian. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wanted, I was like, okay, let me try their Mandarin course. And then I realized Mandarin wasn't for me. And then I found Jap- Japanese, and I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, you know, I, I, can, I can do Japanese movies and eat Japanese food. And, yeah. You know, and, and uh, culture, yeah. 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 I think I something I was going to say. I, I think you'll find the Irish really interesting because one of the things about Irish is when it's written down, it looks nothing like when you speak it. So everyone in Ireland in uh, has to learn Irish at school. It's compulsory. Mm-hmm. Apparently... According to my Irish friends, it's really not especially popular because because they, they find it hard. But when these two Irish teachers came to do the, the Michelle Thomas course, they were absolutely brilliant. They were just brilliant because there you are with a, a language that they're just teaching it audio, or through audio. They're not having to write it at all. So suddenly it comes alive. You know, people aren't trying to work out whether you pronounce the M before the T or the you know the different consonants that they have they were just speaking and it is really really interesting that is that is quite a a, a good course that is in terms of um, opening up a language that people perceive as being difficult so it's a good example of how the method can open up something that might once have been a bit of a struggle you know what I mean Um, yeah I you know you as you say that, I, I found out through a genealogy test that I took yeah. um, that I have a quarter Irish in me. Oh, well, there you go. You need to learn Irish then. <laughs> well, and, you know, I was telling Sarah uh, when I interviewed her back in September, I said, you know, there are so many languages out there that you guys haven't even touched yet. Like, <laughs> I was making recommendations for, like, Swahili, because that was an, a, a, a big language. Um yeah. And, and Thai is becoming popular. And another thing that's becoming popular is like Scottish Gaelic and Welsh. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, Welsh is the most spoken of all the Gaelic languages, um, most widely spoken. Um, and probably Irish is second, but uh, the Scottish Gaelic, I, I should think, I don't know, but it would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? But you mu- yeah. We'll we'll make sure you get to review the Irish one because it's it's really very very interesting. Um, yeah, and you know it's funny because I dive into that sort of thing and I'll sit there and be like, oh well, you know, I mean, because I put that on my bucket list of languages uh-huh. to try to, try to learn. 
Yeah. For, for, for heritage reason, even though my, my aunt was like, I want to learn Swahili. And I'm like, well, you've got to get up and do it. You can't just talk about it. you got to do it. <laughs> and and I, I also found that Finnish is popular, and so is Icelandic. Okay. Um, th- those two I found. And, I mean, a lot of people are going to Hungarian. Yeah. I see that a lot. And I'm like, I tried Hungarian just to see. And I'm just like, ah, that's not for me. I Turkish is another one. Yeah. It's becoming popular. And I'm just like, uh, this is um, an interesting thing to see that, you know, all these, you know, I mean, you got, you know, Ollie Richards and Moses McCormick and Richard Simcott and all these people who learned all these, you know, all these different languages yeah. to various degree of proficiency, yet they there's so many languages out there. Yes. You kind of got to go and pick and choose. And I'm just curious, like, is there a, uh, like, do you guys go by, like, how many people request the language? Um, well, that's, that is a really interesting question because there's, it's a kind of multi-pathway to how a Michelle Thomas language course is produced. There's loads and loads of languages that we would love to do, but there's a certain number of criteria or factors. First of all, teachers. So if, for example, those teachers, those two girls who are just brilliant, they contact us to say, we think there would be a market for a Michelle Thomas Irish course. So they were already familiar with Michelle Thomas through other languages, and they had the idea. So it can go that way. Or, you know, there's the Michelle Thomas um, website. There's a lot of people that every course that comes out, they want to do that course. And a lot of those people, they're very, very active. And they will send in to the publishers. They will send in to us. A request have you thought about doing we would really like to learn x you know so that's the second way and then obviously there's also the looking at what goes on economically or culturally or movement wise in the world to think well where do we have gaps where is there a language that people really want to learn and we really ought to be producing so it's a mixture of those three things really um the, the scandinavian languages that i've you'll be familiar with we've produced the Swedish and we've produced the Norwegian but we would like to add Danish we would like to add Finnish they would make an obvious little family of languages that um, people could go from one to the other for those people that love to learn lots of languages you know right Uh, Hebrew would be another one I mean you you know this goes on and on like you say of, of languages where economically or because there's a teacher or because big that really want to learn it. So it's that that that's how it that's how it works really. Um, obviously, in order to produce the language, we have to be able to show that it's viable, that people are going to buy the course, that there is a, a, a you know there there is a, a a need for it or an interest in it, uh, that it's going to sell well enough because of the money that right. has to go into producing it is is quite. Right big actually it's much bigger than producing a a written book much much bigger yeah Yeah. I I, I can just imagine I because I was talking to Sarah about that and I said I said to her I said you know honestly 
um, when I was watching Ollie Richards' video, and I, I actually had the opportunity to interview him like over a year and a half ago for my show. Yeah. And, and he was saying, you know, when he did the Korean, after he had got done doing the Korean course, he was like, I felt like I did two years worth of, yes. worth of, worth of Korean. You know, he was like, I don't even know if I'm going to remember all of this, but <laughs> I mean, but it, it's, it's kind of odd because he said that and then he can't, and then, and now he's coming out with a, uh, intermediate Korean short stories book. That's right. But the thing is, yeah, Ollie was one of the students, and he and the other student, oh, they were absolutely exhausted after four days. But once that course is produced, they can have a copy of the, the, the audio, and they can go back through it again. That is the beauty of the course. I mean, their right, situation right. of learning it over four days isn't the kind of normal way. I mean, you said that you right, did that right. with Japanese, which is amazing. You know, you did it in seven hours. But the point is, there's that audio. You listen to it. You have a go at it. Perhaps, right, right. You know, a couple of days later, you go back to it. You build it according to what you're able to do or what you want to do. Whereas Ali and Keris was the other student. They were there in that studio helping us to produce the course. So although they were having this amazing experience of learning Michelle Thomas, it was pretty intense, actually. Probably not the way that Michelle Thomas would want someone to learn a language if they were just going to, because he wants them to be relaxed. And um, Right. They, they were brilliant. I mean, they, they were just at the end of every day. Ollie, have you seen his video that he did about learning Korean? He put something right. together. He did yeah. a and the yeah. end of each day, they were saying, right, what can we say today? What can we, what can we do? What, what, what have we learned today? And they were really, really buzzing with, with, with the experience. Right, um, right. Yeah. But of course, I, if you, I, learn, you learn something intensely like that, you still have to keep revisiting. You can't expect it all to, it's a bit like, thinking. yeah, exactly. You've got to, you've got to keep building on it and revisiting it. Yeah, because I, I told him, I said, yes, after I interview Helen, I'm going to, I, because I, I'm hunting him down now, yeah. um, just because I want to get a student's perspective of, of how they oh, yeah. enjoy the process, because uh -huh. that's something that no one really knows anything about. I mean, yeah. you can you can do podcast reviews about, because you've used it yourself. But from another person's perspective that was in the room when this whole situation was being created from the ground up, yes, it's a totally different thing. And I, I, I told him, I said, um, yeah, um, whenever you have the time, we need to talk because I would love to know. You yeah. know, I mean, I could just imagine because he does know Cantonese, he does know Japanese. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking to myself, Okay, how much of this is is impeding upon your process of being able to focus on learning this language for which you know nothing about? Mm -hmm. You know, because there are some elements of Japanese and Mandarin that are that have snuck into Korean, and and yeah. you yeah. know, and I was just curious to know from that perspective how. He felt about that because, yeah. you know, I mean, when you when you know multiple languages, you're pretty much wiping your brain for a minute to learn something entirely new that you've never learned before. Yeah, and you don't want you don't want the other information that you have from the prior languages to feed into the new one. 
that's very true. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, you have to. That's right. You have to think. Right, I'm starting with something completely different. I mean, there's advantages as well because you can start. The more languages you learn, the more you begin to understand the patterns that appear in languages, don't you? Right. That's just like there, but you've just got to be a bit careful, haven't you? Sometimes to start applying rules from one language to another, which actually aren't there at all. So you just have to, like you say, keep your mind fairly clear in order to do it. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to interview Ollie and uh, you know a, a year later and see w- how he felt about that experience. Because um, I know that um, I did a little bit three week stint with Korean on Mango, and yeah. I, said, I just want to see what this is because it was just the basic course, you know, uh-huh. ten, ten chapters and your basic information. And I went into a Korean hair shop in Cleveland with my aunt, and this was like a Friday afternoon. And I was trying to speak Korean to the guy, and the only thing that came out was Tabat, which is <laughs> awesome, in Korean, and, and Biko American. Yeah. And Nay, and that was it. Like, uh, I couldn't yeah. remember to say my name. I couldn't remember to say goodbye. That Those three words, three or four words, were the only thing that could pop up in my head at the time. <laughs> And yeah. I was just like, and then my aunt was like, I thought you were learning Korean. And the lady was like, dude, do you know how hard it is to produce that? <laughs> what you should do is an experiment. Once the Korean is out, you should work through that course and then go and try and speak again and see what happens. Because I tell you, I, I, I've, because I've been working on this course for months from editing it, but I, I think it's really good. It's really, really good. I feel like I have learned loads. Um, and I'm not doing it the way you're supposed to because I'm editing it. But what you're supposed right. to pause and you're supposed to speak out loud. That's the really important thing, isn't it? To right. actually say it, not just say it in your head. But even though I've been saying it in my head, I'm still sort of, you know, thinking I've, I've learned loads. I've learned loads. So I think it's going to be a good one. That's, uh, it, the method works. That's the point. But yeah, you you need to try the Korean once it's out and see what you think of it. <laughs> because I noticed when I did the mango, and I, it might have been just because I was curious, and I was mm. trying to go through this language summer language challenge I created for myself where I learned so many languages in like one summer. Yeah. And like literally, I went from Hindi to Icelandic to Finnish, to Korean, to Greek, all in one summer. And I still remember bits yeah. of each language, but at the same time it was like, okay, what what stuck? Yes. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You know, for me. And, I mean, I, I can't say the Cantonese stuck for me, the Turkish stuck, the Thai stuck, mm-hmm. and bits of the Japanese that they had, you know, because – they had like five levels of Japanese, yeah. which I, I was like, it was so many hours of Japanese, it made your head spin. Uh-huh. And and like I told someone, I said, well, see, in my in my method, if I'm really motivated, I will remember. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I'm not as motivated, or like I could be motivated for like three weeks, and then like, there something happens to where I get demotivated, then I. I stopped for a while. But that doesn't mean that I wasn't interested. I mean, if I wasn't interested, I wouldn't have taken the three weeks to try to learn something out of it. No. Like, for instance, I do want to see Parasite. (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> I want to see Parasite, so I might actually get it and then do the English subtitles since I don't know Korean. And because I, I have voiceover on my i my Apple TV, and so I'm able to like have the um the the subtitles read to me out loud in the particular language of choice. Yep. And so that's I've been able to watch like Japanese cinema, Thai cinema, Cantonese cinema that way. Like if I don't have a lot of vocabulary, I'll do it in English yeah. one time, and then I'll get the whole gist of the movie, and then I'll turn right back around, turn the subtitles off, start the movie over, and uh-huh. listen to it in the actual language. That's brilliant. Nice. Because I already know what's going on. So it's, not, it's not being dubbed in um, the U.S. then. It is in the original languages, but it was subtitles. Is that right? I think, I think so. Oh, good. Good. It's much yeah. better like that, isn't it? Well, you know, people were complaining because they thought it was, they, they wished that it was like 1917 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I yeah. said it's about time that Korea got the recognition that they deserve for the movie that they made. It was really a yeah. A well done movie, and yeah. we need more foreign film, especially. So, yeah, absolutely, because there's some amazing stuff out there that often doesn't get to the main or to a, a worldwide audience, and it ought to, you know. And there's a lot of rubbish that does get to a worldwide audience, and it would be nice if we could have a bit more quality, um, you know, all round. But. Yeah, yeah. I know, I, I know for me, when I'm using a Michelle Thomas, whatever language it is, I decide to dabble in. Um, yeah. that's the first thing I think about. I that's my end game. My end goal is after I learn this, I can go and watch a movie now. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, it it just opens your ears up to to all sorts of possibilities. That's the thing, isn't it? Especially things like films, where there is that possibility to sit and listen to a film and think about well, what words have I learned well, oh I recognize that word it's just great it's so so satisfying isn't it right and and what's so interesting is I mean like I was watching three women in a bed three girls in a bed and it was uh-huh. just one series that was from Hong Kong it was like 13 episodes and I uh-huh. think I watched that series five times in a row wow and and I can sit there and tell you everything in English about what happened in that whole entire series and with uh-huh. each girl and and people are like, how do you, how, how can, I was like, because language isn't just about speaking. No. It's about other, other things too, expressing yourself through art. And I'm an artist at heart. Yeah. And so for me personally, that does, you know, I get excited when I can turn on a Michelle Thomas anything that yeah. interests me at the moment and be like, oh, well, I remember this. Or, okay, I was having problems with this. Okay, let me go back to this. You yeah. Know, and and I mean the fact that you can actually start saying something right away, mm-hmm. you know that means something. That's just like um, I did the Egyptian, the foundation of the Egyptian Arabic, yeah. And I did that with the mango just to see, and I did it for a whole week. I uh-huh. did it for like four days in a row. I did that part, and then because I didn't have the 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 intermediate or the vocabulary builder yet, and yeah. I and I said, well, I will. I do have to like do reviews for both of those at some point, uh-huh. but I I did do a review for the foundation part of the Egyptian Arabic, and yeah. for me it was like okay when I went to the Levantine it was like oh this is so easy because yeah. these words are similar yeah you know, you know and um, 
And I also found gratification that I was starting to cook like Lebanese food and and listen to Hayfa Weeb and you know follow her and and like I'm listening to like you know music from you know the Middle East and it's sticking in my head and and I'm yeah. like oh, well I mean so I mean I do get certain words mixed up between the two but it sticks it all sticks yeah yeah well that's it that's the joy of it isn't it that you know there's so there's so many possibilities as well there's so much out there that you can tap into to to just get that feeling of satisfaction when you've been learning a language have you um tried the michelle thomas mandarin course i did and because i did cantonese first oh yeah okay it, it was like i kind of felt cantonese was a little bit easier for me to grasp pronunciation wise right than, than mandarin yeah and then yeah. I, I guess because i used it off of mango and i that I was, you know, it it was something about that, yeah, that just grabbed me. Like I just started like remembering stuff like right away. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And um, and then I um tried the Michelle Thomas Mandarin, and it was just like I just wasn't gelling with it at all. Like I gelled with Japanese. Yeah, but I just I I guess for me it was just like oh well I kind of like Cantonese Cantonese yeah 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 and then Thai too Thai is awesome right and uh, because I know I had asked um, Sarah I said okay so are you guys coming out with any other courses and she was we were talking about that and she said eventually they want to do a Thai course and a Danish course. Yes. And I said, oh, that's understandable because Danish is becoming popular. People are wanting to learn it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, sure, people probably want to learn Faroese and they want to learn Icelandic. And Icelandic is similar to German. Right. And so, yeah. so, so if you, if you, if you, already, if you already know English, <laughs> it will not be difficult for you to learn Icelandic. If, I mean, literally, I was soaking it up using the Mango app like a sponge. And then I... I also did some Finnish, yeah. and I well, I I invested like some money in buying the ebooks of um, Harry Potter and Finnish. So I said I will get back to learning Finnish just because I bought those books and I don't want to waste my money. <laughs> so, but overall, like I kind of feel that Michelle Thomas is the stepping stone to. Being able to effectively learn and, you know, keep it in your head. Yeah. You know, and then you can move on to something else like a mango. And I will do that. I do a lot of comparison between the two because those are the two courses for me personally that stick for me as someone that's an auditory learner. Because there's, you know, if if they only have one basic course where you're learning how to give directions, you're learning how to buy stuff, you're learning all that, all your basic stuff, and it's only ten chapters, then of course that's like your first semester. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and then I'll go and I'll see. Okay, well, let's see. What did they say in this course that they didn't say in this course? You know, just because it overlaps. And and then I'll sit there and be like, oh, 
I, I get this now. You know, I it, it reinforces whatever it was I learned the first time around. And, and, that's and, the thing, isn't it? You've got this kind of this building. You've 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 built your foundation with the Michelle Thomas, and from that point, you can right, begin right. to you know go in all sorts of directions and start to build on your learning. That that is the beauty of, of the method that it just gives you that. I suppose it gives you that confidence, doesn't it? Like you said, you can say something right from the start. That's a great feeling. Yeah, because I just, I just I interviewed, um, who was it? Um, Blanche Shaheen of feastinthemiddleeast.com. And yeah. she's, and she's, um, Arabic American and her, her family was from Palestine. And uh-huh. so she cooks a lot of different foods from Lebanon and Egypt and Palestine and different things, Syria. And so we were talking about language and she said, you know, it's kind of cool that you're learning all these languages because, you know, we were talking about the whole reading and writing versus speaking and listening. And I said, well, see, a lot of these language learners have a tendency to believe that you're supposed to read and write. Yeah. Well, okay, how did you learn your first language? And this is where people forget this. Yeah. You learned it by listening and repeating what you heard from people. Now, I mean, some of it might be good. Some of it might not. Yeah. But but you still, when you were a baby, you you didn't know how to communicate. So this is how you learned how to communicate. You didn't yeah, learn you didn't how to learn write and write until you got to school. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. And 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 if you rely too much on the reading and writing, it it creates what we were talking about before. It just creates that block, that fear of speaking, because you feel that you you're hanging on to the written word when what you really need to be doing is listening and speaking. That's that's the key, isn't it? You know. Right. 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 And, and, they, and I see a lot of that, or I see people get very angry because they they think, oh, well, you need to know all four. Well, okay, let me be honest. If you're going to Taiwan, you've studied Mandarin for seven years, and you go into a restaurant and you can't read a menu, let alone order. Yep. What went wrong? Yeah, yeah. That, that should have been one of the first things you learned how to do in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. You know, but so. Yeah, and it, it it can, I think a lot of them go and they travel to these countries and it becomes a culture shock because they come from Western Europe or they come from Canada or the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, and they think that, okay, well, I can write my way. No, no. you have to be able to understand what these people are saying Absolutely. and they have to be able to understand you. Yes. It doesn't have to be perfect. No. That, they think it does. And it's just, it, to me, it's so aggravating. I tell my students all the time. It's okay to make a mistake. Absolutely. But, but there is the, the the devil's advocate on their end where if you're learning their language, they expect you to speak it perfectly, but they can screw up English. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't understand that either. And I'm like, um, there's no such thing as a perfect speaker. I don't even speak English perfectly. I'm understood. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not educated. I have a college degree. I have a couple of degrees, a certification to teach business English and English for young learners. And I work with, you know, disabled people, non-disabled people on learning languages. And I give them the tools. I don't teach them the language. I give them the tools that are really readily available. And I say, here, you try this. Let me know what you think. Or I'll give you a suggestion. You know, like I was... Uh, volunteering my time with immigrants here in Akron and they were from all over Asia and, and different parts of uh, Latin America and Eastern Europe in the Middle East 
and this one lady was here for a year and she had just got married and and so her English was pretty good but she was she came from that book sense ideology that you had to be in a classroom to learn the language and I said well you're never going to be able to understand native speakers unless you get out there and you start talking and you start asking questions take your pen take your paper go you know like we gave them a scavenger hunt activity and they were assigned three people uh, a volunteer and then three other people and then they had to go find these different places so they had to use their voice they had to write down the information and they had to use their their eyes to read so they were doing all of this they were using all four in wow. this activity and then they had to come back and they had to give a, a presentation of what they how they felt about it uh-huh. some people a lot of people wanted to do it because it gave them real contact with real people and then some of them were like the Asian Chinese way, let's just be in a classroom. And I was like, okay, well, you're academics. You might get A's and B's in English at school, but if you drop yourself in Cleveland or New York somewhere and you can't understand what someone's saying because you have not spoken it or listened mm-hmm. to someone speak, you're going to be lost. Uh-huh. And, and, and 90% of that is so true. And so she, I said, take a, a movie you know, um, kind of like freeze it and do 10 minutes a day mm-hmm. okay, of that scene and then pause it, write down the words you know or the words you don't know, look them up, write the definition down in your own words, use it in the sentence, and you'll be able to remember it better. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. she came back the next week and gave me a big hug and said, thank you. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's a motivational mm -hmm. reason to learn a language, isn't it? And you need motivation, like you said before. Right. Hey, listen, Chanel, it's been really lovely speaking with you. I will have to go because um, I need to go and sort out various things. Um, We run a bed and breakfast here in France, so we have guests arriving soon. So I just need to make sure that everything's ready (laughs) for them thank but you it's so been, much for your time well it's been great talking with you and you know keep up all the language learning because you're a great ambassador for learning languages it's fantastic oh thank you so much all right and i will you know we'll be in touch okay. about the korean and the irish as well yeah yes okay thanks a lot Bye-bye. bye bye